fans in the desert southwest it is another episode of club hockey southwest weekly scott strandy here live in scottsdale arizona and my co-host steven marsh joining me from beautiful las vegas nevada uh the end or nearing the end of six weeks of uh stay-at-home orders by my count steven how are you this evening i'm glad you're still counting i've i've I've, I've, I think I lost count after the first week. It just every week seems like it's the same, the same, and the same, and the same. Groundhog Day, each week. So, yeah, but, I know. Uh, I, yeah. I, you know, and I keep watching my Twitter feed and I watch my emails and see what's happening. And I, I get excited when I see something like the NHL, thinking they're going to start up in July. And then all of a sudden, the 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 predictions or the models come out and they say no. Uh, this isn't over yet. Don't get too excited. <laughs> so it's kind of a it's kind of a roller coaster ride. In addition to being Groundhog Day, but we still have hockey to talk about, and, and club hockey is not anything different than NCAA or professional hockey. We have things to talk about. Uh, a lot of things going on, not only down here in the uh, desert southwest, but all around the country. And first and foremost, Stephen, let's talk about the. Uh, the new arena in, in Henderson, Nevada, there was a uh, uh, city council meeting, is that right, that uh, went off and talking about the new 6,000-seat building? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, this is from the Las Vegas Sun at the, the Henderson City Council. They voted 4-1 to one, uh, yesterday to approve $60 million in bonds to finance an arena that would house the Golden Knights' uh, new American Hockey League affiliate. Um, of course, the, we, we talk about the project is we transform right, there's now known as the Henderson Pavilion in uh, into a 6,000 seat multi-purpose, uh, multi-purpose facility that would serve as the arena for the minor league team. Um, so now this is now, that's now one thing to know. I'm just giving down here of Justin Emerson's article from the Las Vegas Sun is um, one thing he notes is you know today's vote only approved the funding uh, approval for construction is expected to come at a future meeting. So it's um, now the vote didn't. There was some pushback, as we've talked about before. There are some people that live in that area. They're not necessarily opposed to having the hockey in the center, and they think it's great. They just don't necessarily maybe think that that would be a great spot for for that arena. It'd be too crowded for the neighborhood, and it'd just be, cause a lot of traffic and things like that. So, um, so there's some things still to kind of worry out there. But um, and of course now we've got this, this the pandemic uh, going on. So, <laughs> so, so there's some things now there. You know, there, there's a uh, councilman I guess in this article. Uh, there's a councilman that was uh, suggested that maybe waiting six months to see how the economy shapes up before uh, considering adding the debt, which is what this would do. Uh, it's not like the AHL team won't wouldn't have a place to play. They have the Orleans now. Right now, that's only slated for one season. But I can't imagine. That it that would this arena would be built in in that time frame, so I would imagine there'll be at least a couple seasons there. But um, you know, but we'll see we'll see what happens. But yes, the first kind of step on getting that that arena uh, funding and stuff is is went forth uh, with that vote uh, on Tuesday, and then we'll see what uh, what needs to uh, to come. And there's yeah, there's there's some uh, there's some pushback and stuff, and there's some there's some uh, petitions. Like there always is, and probably there should be right. when it's a public funded 
uh, right. type ordeal. You should have some conversation at least. So, right. but there's also another building that's a much closer to uh, completion. The uh, also in Henderson, the practice facility for the AHL team and two new ice sheets. And I keep seeing stuff on uh, Twitter on that as well, seeing the updates and the walls are going up and the steps are in and all this good stuff. So that's the positive stuff. The, the negative stuff, mm-hmm. of course, is the fact that we just don't know where we're headed. Um, this is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So tonight we got two great guests. We got the uh, head coach of the women's program at Arizona State, Lindsay Ellis, is going to join us and. Oh, roughly 10 minutes or so, about 7.45. And then we're going to follow her up with uh, the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, of which UNLV, Grand Canyon, and Utah will be joining uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, uh, Colorado State. Who am I missing? Oh, yeah. Um, The Oklahomas, Oklahoma Oklahoma, and Central Oklahoma. So uh, it's going to be fun to talk to Chris and just find out. I know he's got to be disappointed because he was a big part of – the um the program uh, the national tournament part of it so we'll uh we'll definitely like to uh, to visit with him and like i said Lindsay ellis has some commits coming in and we want to talk to her about that and they had a fantastic season uh last last season that concluded uh unfortunately they did not make it to the national tournament but oh so close so we'll get a chance to visit with Lindsay here in just a few minutes in the meantime, um, signings continue. The University of Arizona continues to sign, and if you follow their Twitter account at all, um, they keep adding big names. One of them is the son of a former, or I think he's still an NHL referee in West Macaulay. So uh, Chad Berman doing a heck of a job down there, and I know uh, UNLV is doing the same, and I'm sure ASU is doing the same. They're just not telling us yet who they got, but... Um, just your thoughts on the recruiting process and in ACHA hockey and how competitive that's getting. Yeah, it's getting uh, it's getting real competitive. This is, you know, it gets real exciting in the in the hockey season when we got the games going on and stuff. But this sort of stuff can be kind of exciting too to see who each team is adding and who might be joining the team. You're right, the Wildcats adding uh, uh, Riley McCauley. I'm just catching up on that too. And and I wondered why the, I, I, when I saw this this morning when. Uh, I think I maybe saw your retweet on this. Uh, was why that that last name sound familiar? And then it, and then it ringed on me later on that yeah that his dad is uh, the, the NHL referee West McCauley. So, um, but then also that he played uh, college hockey at Michigan State too. West McCauley did. So. Yeah, yeah, and it exactly. Talks about, it talks about in the, the uh, Arizona Wildcats article about it that he went that West McCauley uh, eighth round draft pick Detroit Red Wings played four years of professional hockey in the ECHL IHL and another league there in, in, in Italy as well. So so he's got a hockey background, of course, referee. Now his son is trying to, to do that and gets to come to a place like Arizona. So that's that's exciting there. So that, that'll, be, that'll be fun to watch watch him next next season. Yeah. As I said, I think we have, uh, we have Lindsay coming on. I'm getting a little feedback on her at the moment. But Lindsay, are you there with us? Okay, so Steven, okay. you still there? Yes, I'm, I'm okay. still here. I, I, I think you got uh, the feedback as well, right? Yeah, I, I was getting that. Okay. So I guess uh, Lindsay was trying to get on there. I think, yeah. But. 
she'll she'll give it another shot here and we'll get her on in just a second but in the meantime jason zucker was uh the guest in the coach's corner today i understand you had a chance to take a listen to that as well i did you know i i was i'm here at home i don't know much to do so i i uh, <laughs> asked if i could join, watch it on that and they said sure and so uh, I think it was about an hour long. Uh, Jason Zucker, uh, UNLV Hockey, hosted a Coach's Corner. This is the second one that they've done. They did one with uh, uh, Kenny McCutt and the assistant coach of the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets last week. Uh, today they did uh, Zucker, of course, plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's a Las Vegas native, played hockey here growing up. Of course, played most of his career in Minnesota, but just recently traded to Pittsburgh before the before the pause. And um, Bob uh let's see i counted about 11 people that were on there not including the unlb coaches and and zucker themselves that they were listening in and uh had some good questions for him he talked about uh you know some of his time growing up and and i think uh i think they're gonna share uh snippets of it on the unlb hockey social media soon so you might get to see bits of it soon but huh, very um, good yeah and so uh we talked about some of his experience with coaches about what kind of kind of coaches that he more he responds to the way they coach and things like that and and um, I think I, what else did I write down and talking somebody asked about the growth of hockey in Vegas and said that the Golden Knights certainly was a big part of that but it feels like the you know we need to be um, other stuff too and we're seeing that with the Henderson rink you know he said all oh, that's good great too for the continued growth of uh, of hockey in Vegas so um, so that's a little um, bit well, with, of course with, Jason with, a native of Las Vegas and. Right and uh, now playing yeah. with Pittsburgh Penguins, so that's uh, very unique. Right, um, and, let's, right, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just to say, yeah, exactly. So they have another one planned for uh, Monday. I'm not sure I can announce the guest yet. I don't know, if that's, uh, but uh, it's somebody that you'll know very well, and uh, fans of your pre- one of your other podcasts should be very familiar with too. Uh, oh, well, fantastic. Well, Monday. we've got uh, Lindsay. I think we got her back live with us. Lindsay, are you with us? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Ah, oh, perfect. Perfect. You sound <laughs> awesome. Uh, you're with uh, Scott and Steven tonight on the Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So, first of all, thanks for joining us. Uh, I know you've had a busy time uh, doing recruiting as we look at your uh, list of commitments. But first of all and foremost, how are you and how are your uh, your girls doing uh, health-wise with uh, the middle of this pandemic? Good. Everyone's doing well. Um, you know, obviously it uh, we weren't able to do our end of the season um, festivities like we usually do, but they're all adjusting to online classes, and um, hopefully we'll uh, end the semester on a high note. Well, that's uh, that's always a good thing. And like I was telling Stephen, I said, you know, there's no games being played right now, but club hockey has almost become year-round for you guys because – you're doing camps, you're doing prospect camps and, and youth camps, you're recruiting, you're always working on stuff for the future. So just give us a little rundown about what life is like for you in uh, ACHA women's D1 hockey in the Desert Southwest. Yeah, it's a little different um, than it was a few years ago. Um, now we're we're getting more non-conference games. We're working on finishing up our schedule right now. Um, recruiting is a lot different than it used to be. We're going to have, um, 28 to 30 players on our roster next year, which before we were struggling to get even 12 players, which is absolutely insane. So we've grown so much in four years and, um, now we're kind of trying to figure out, you know, different travel for the girls and what to do now. So 
usually we're trying to recruit still at this point, and now we're set for the next two seasons. So it's definitely a change. You know, when we look at your your team uh, as the way it ended this season, you had such a remarkable, I thought, uh, regular season, and you were so close to earning that national tournament bid. And I don't know if it's bittersweet for you because the way things ended with the tournament being canceled, I think it would have been a huge disappointment for everybody if you'd gotten in and then wouldn't have had the tournament to play. But what was it like to be that close and know that your your team is that competitive? It was awesome. I mean, just looking at years past and not being um, a highly competitive team that we wanted to be and then coming into this year and only losing, you know, less than 10 games, which we've never had before. So being in a championship game was obviously new to all of our girls and being that close um, and coming up short was a little heartbreaking, but they're a young team. So they're definitely going to have that opportunity again. You know, I get carried away, but Stephen, you got anything that you had on your mind for Lindsay? Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It sounds like you had another question for her. So <laughs> yeah. Well, you know me. I get carried away on this stuff because oh. I love talking hockey, and she's got so much knowledge. But, yeah. Lindsay, let, let's stop and, and start, if you will, about the uh, your goaltender who, who finally graduated from this uh, university. I thought she was going to stay there forever as a coach or <laughs> something. But uh, second team all-American honors. Have I got that correct? Yes. <laughs> Jordan Nash-Bolden is who I'm talking about. So just tell me, I, I know she was a mainstay from the very start when you started this whole thing, but how much has she meant, and you've told me this many times over, but how much did she mean to you building this program? Oh, man, there there's no words to describe, you know, what Jordan's done for our program. And as a new program, she came in from the beginning and, believed in all of our goals and believed in basically everything we were trying to do with ASU and she'll always be our biggest supporter, but I'm so happy that especially an Arizona grown player was able to within four years gain national notice from all these coaches and be able to get that all American title. Um, so that's very exciting for her and she'll definitely always be a part of our program. Um, she'll, she'll never leave us. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so, but, uh, when we talk women's hockey and the growth of it, and you guys continue to add teams, uh, you added at least one, was it one team or two teams last year that joined your league? Um, just one. Just Utah State, right? Is that correct? Uh, University of Utah, yes. University of Utah, okay. Yeah. So so you added a team, and uh, you know, it was just a couple of years ago, you guys played your tournament that you guys hosted with Grand Canyon up in Vegas, and, and just your thoughts on on hockey in Vegas. I know you guys really enjoyed your time when you were up there, but uh, how nice would it be to see a, like a UNLV program get started up there? I would love that. I mean, anything in the West would be so, so exciting. I spoke to a woman um, in Southern California that wants to start something at USC. Um, and I was all for it. And I, I talked to her on the phone for probably over an hour, um, you know, cause I was so excited. She was probably sick of me by the end of the call, but <laughs> um, I'm, you know, it's something that I'm definitely looking forward to. And I think within the next five, 10 years, it's definitely going to be, um, attainable to have more women's teams in the Southwest and even more in the West. Um, but I would love, I would love to have UNLV, but before that, I would love to have a U of A. Yeah. Then you get the real rivalry started within the state, which is, uh, I know very important to you guys at ASU, but, um, when we talk about women's hockey and, and 
I want you to think back just a few years when, when I first met you and, and you were telling me about what you were going to do. I, I liken it a lot to what Greg Powers did with the men's NCAA program. And, and he said that, you know, he was going to be a certain way and was going to recruit a certain way. And I think you've got to pattern yourself that way. And, and you're kind of on parallel paths, aren't you, as far as uh, building your programs? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, even from the beginning, he helped guide me to start this program. And um, I always saw how the men's program at ASU was always on the up, even when they were an ACHA program. And now NCAA, I mean, their their potential is basically limitless right now. And um, or excuse me, um, you know, they can they can reach the top. It's so easily because of the you know, basically what he's built. So that's something that definitely rubs off on us just because we see them firsthand at the rink every day and what they're doing. So it's really exciting for us to be able to do the same thing. And I know that when we talk commitments and uh, the girls that you bring in, you it's got to be getting much easier now for you to walk around with a, uh, a Sun Devil pitchfork uh, on your, your uh, jacket or sweater or shirt or whatever it may be and have somebody – instantly realize who you are and, and what kind of program you have just because of the quick success you've had. But tell me about recruiting and how hard is it to get girls to come? Obviously not too hard if you got 38 or 40 girls coming this way. Yeah. Um, it's when I say it's different from the beginning, um, what I said prior, I am before we always had, you know, we've always had the same goals and we've always tried to recruit the same type of players and we've always believed in quality over quantity. Um, and it's now getting to the point where, um, you know, girls see it firsthand what we're doing here. So now they want to be a part of it, which beforehand it was a little hard to convince players that now we don't even have to convince them. And, um, you know, it makes our job a little bit harder now because I have to turn girls away. Um, so it's a little heartbreaking on both ends. But, um, you know, we're really trying to build that championship team here. Okay, so I'm looking down your uh, list of 2020-2021 commitments, and the first name that jumped out at me, and and I think this is a relation to a men's player on the ACJ program, but Kai Lackey, is she related to to the Lackey that plays on the D1 program at ACHA level? No, she is not. (laughs) Ah, just the same name. But darn it, (laughs) anytime you can get a Lackey in the program, no matter where it is, bring them on, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Kai Lackey and how great it was to get her. Yeah, so she actually committed to our program two years ago. Um, great, great girl. She's great with communication. And she um, basically said she had gotten an opportunity at Buffalo State. and It's something that she couldn't turn down. And, um, you know, I have a soft spot for girls that grew up in Arizona. <laughs> and I, you know, and I said, Um, you know, I'm happy for you and no hard feelings. If you decide that you want to come back home, you always have a spot here. And, um, two years later and here we are. So we're excited to have her finally in Maroon and Gold. You also have at least one goaltender on the list. I think Dana Colombo is, uh, is a goaltender. Do you have another goaltender coming in too? Yes, we do. We have, uh, Dana Colombo, which is a graduate transfer from Adrian. And then we have Hallie McClellan. Okay. Tell me a little bit about them and what you expect. They have big shoes to fill for such a little girl in Jordan Nash Pullman, but, <laughs> but tell me uh, tell me how they're going to be able to fill those shoes or skates in this case. 
Yeah, so Hallie, um, she went to prep school in Canada, so she is used to, um, you know, very high expectations. She came to visit uh, South Campus with a few of the girls. We went around for a whole day, and she kind of got to meet the team, really see what it's about, um, you know, really see what it's like to be a Sun Devil in general and just the campus. And, um, you know, I think it was just an awesome fit for all of us, and I think she'll only be an attribute on the ice for us. And then Dana, uh, we actually played against her uh, when we played Adrian this year. And at the time, you know, we, we just thought she was a great goaltender and nothing past that. And then she reached out to us over email. And um, we almost couldn't believe it for a second that someone from, <laughs> you know, a top-ranked team um, right. was, was emailing us. So um, we knew at that point we had to, you know, kind of, tell her, you know, you weren't, you're not coming from the storied program that you're coming, you know, that you're at right now, you're coming to a brand new program and we're still trying to build and get there. But she has so much experience. She's won conference titles. She's been at the national tournament. So she's going to be a huge asset in terms of that veteran presence. Okay. And I, who I think, well, sorry. So, I'm sorry. No, go I ahead, Lindsay. No, sorry. Oh, Steven, go ahead. No, I was just to say, I think that's, I think that's great. Sometimes you can have a, um, a player that comes in like that and, and can and can really provide a lot of leadership when you're trying to grow grow a program. So that's got to be something that that you guys will uh, you guys will be excited to to be able to lean on this next season. Yes, I'm definitely really excited about that. All right, let's go down that other list. Who else stands out to you? I'm sure they all stand out because you wouldn't recruit them. But tell me a little bit about uh, the rest of the girls that you have coming in in next year's class. Yeah, so um, the only Arizona player we have is Maddie Messenbrink. Um, we're excited to have her. We don't have many Arizona girls. Um, well, I guess Karen is from Arizona, but she's transferring okay. in. Um, and then the rest of them are all Tier 1 AAA or prep school players, which is pretty unheard of for us. We've never had a class <laughs> like this. So, um, you know, it's only our fifth season, and we're really excited that we have – uh, this level of players coming to us now. So we're excited to keep building and uh, hopefully be at that 2021 national tournament. Absolutely. And I'm sure the, uh, the uh, girls continue. One of the things I want to kind of touch on as well is all the things you guys do for the community, because you're always out in the community doing something. And, you know, I commend everybody at the ACHA level. And part of the reason that we love covering ACHA hockey is the fact that you guys get out, and I always have a theme night. It's always exciting. You're always trying to do something for the fans or raise money for some effort. But anything new and exciting this year coming up for the uh, the theme night? Um, we haven't planned anything yet um, just because everything's still a little bit up in the air right now. But we will continue to have our annual military night that's super important for our program. Um, we've always donated to our troops. This year we had a puck drop with a girl who actually plays hockey. Um, and she runs a nonprofit here in Arizona for veterans. So we donated to their program. We were actually supposed to um, spend some time with them in their facility in the spring. But unfortunately, with everything happening, we weren't able to get there. I totally understand that. Uh, in addition to that, the... Um the other thing you guys do is do the youth camps, and I know the girls just really look forward to uh, your girls and the young girls being a part of that. Is that something you're going to be able to get in, fingers crossed? Fingers crossed. I talked to Mims um, the other day, and we're tentatively trying to plan this for sometime in early September. 
kind of have a weekend with the Sun Devils. Um, this is such a fun weekend for everybody involved, not only my team, but all the girls that come. Um, just because it's, um, you know, the entire weekend, every single person there has a smile on their face for 48 hours. And that's so awesome to see. And these Arizona girls see that they have um, an attainable goal to reach within the next 10 years, which is awesome. The, uh, the other thing I want to ask you about, and I haven't had a chance to visit with you on that, but the, uh, the NWPHA, is, is that right, that uh, came in? That was the last event that I was able to be at uh, publicly uh, before the uh, coronavirus hit. But tell me a little bit about how important that was for your program to bring in professional women's hockey players. Yeah, I think it's great, especially for, again, the community here. These Arizona girls, the younger girls, there's so many of them now. I mean, when I was playing when I was younger, it was you knew every single girl in the state that played. So um, it's so awesome to see that those girls have that opportunity to view all these players and that our girls at the higher levels have the opportunity to see them make these plays and um, kind of make themselves better and make those relationships with them. So it was really cool for um, everyone from four to 24. So that was awesome for them. All right. So we know what you guys have done in the past and I, I would be remiss, especially with Steven as my co-host to uh, not let you talk about a little bit about your excitement with Vegas again, because I know they've got, uh, let's see, one, two, three rinks in the works right now. And uh, I'm guessing that you'd like to get back up there and play somebody at some point in time. Definitely. I mean, if UNLV gets a team, we'll be there for sure. Okay. Well, I know uh, there's all kinds of things going on in the, uh, in the hockey world for you. I appreciate you coming on and just giving us a little touch. We're going to have you back on again as the uh, season gets a little closer and hopefully this uh, COVID-19 gets under control. We, uh, we thank you so much for coming on. We also want to let you know that the, uh, the opportunities will always be here for you whenever you want to jump on uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly every Wednesday night. Thank you for having me. That's Lindsay Ellis from the uh, ASU Women's Hockey Program. Stephen and I will be ba right back after a couple of messages, bring on our next guest, the uh, commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, Chris Perry, will be with us. We'll be right back. to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether celebrating an overtime game winner or relaxing by the pool after a long work day, find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. 
visit us at mexicanmoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. All right, and we're back. The Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy here, live in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Stephen Marsh joining me from his home in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we're pleased to bring on our next guest. I've had him on before, but I didn't get him on the live show. We had to record it just before the national tournament. But the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, Chris Perry, is joining us. So, Chris, Scott, and Stephen are with you. How are you doing this evening? Well, I'm doing all right. I hope uh, hope you can hear me, and thanks for having me on. Loud and clear, and uh, you know, awesome. as I said, we had uh, we had you on taped uh, earlier when we did a little special uh, show for what we thought was going to be the national tournament. So I'm going to start this this uh, question with uh, two parts. Number one, how is everybody doing in your home, and how are you doing? Everybody doing well. And part two is, how disappointed were you that ultimately the national tournament had to be uh, eventually canceled. Well, um, well, let, let's start with the first question because that's the easiest one. Um, and, and, and thanks for asking. We're we're doing fine. Uh, we're hunkering down here in Oklahoma. I don't know how uh, things are in, in in Nevada, in Arizona. I, I know that every state, it seems, and every city has a different uh, kind of a level of quarantine that we're all having to abide by. But um, here uh, in I'm I'm in Norman, Oklahoma and uh, I work in Oklahoma City, and so uh, we're, we're getting along. My business is an essential business, so I'm, you know, not a whole lot has changed. I'm still getting up and going to work, and I wish I was, uh, there are times when I wish I was staying home and quarantined, but uh, <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, but uh, so, so we're getting along, but thank you for asking. It's just me, my wife, and my daughter's home from, from school, so uh, it's, uh, it's been interesting having, you know, we were empty nesters and now she's back. So it's kind of interesting <laughs> that way. Uh, yeah, you're not alone there. She's teaching us all about Zoom. So <laughs> Zoom University. Hey, let's stop right here. That's not fair that you've got a, uh, a, a tutor, if you will, because the rest of us are trying to learn this on our own. No, well, she trust me, Scott. She's not much of a tutor. She's 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 not even a tolerator. She uh, she she's just uh, you know just envision someone that folds her arms and glares, and and then rolls her eyes. That's more. That's the that's the assistance I'm getting. Uh, so so that answers the first question. The second question: How disappointed are are are, are we? Was I? Um, it it was very disappointing. Um, you know, it's the it was we, we tried to do everything we possibly could to avoid canceling the national tournament. Um, and we explored uh, just an absolute myriad of options 
Um, can we can we push it back? Can we do it without fans? Can we um, you know can we can we do it without anybody but the teams there? You know, not even necessarily having you know uh, li- limiting even the the ACHA folks that were down there. Um, so we can we do it in instead of spreading it out over. Uh, you know, five, six sheets over in three different facilities. Can we do it all in one facility? Um, and it just, it, we, we, it, we, we gained out, we mapped out all sorts of different possibilities, all sorts of different scenarios. And ultimately at the end of the day, um, you know, the call, it was an easy call. It was a disappointing call to make, but it was the easy. And I think it was the right call to make in light of the conditions at that time and the conditions that we're all enduring now, because we just, had no clue. And the last thing we wanted to do, Scott, was put kids on a bus or on an airplane and have them show up in Dallas um, and then cancel the tournament. So, uh, you know, we knew, or, or worse, the worst of all, get started and then have to shut it down halfway through. I right. Mean, that would be that would be the worst of all. Um, so we, uh, uh, you know, it was when, when, when all the coronavirus stuff hit, that was you know, what was that? That was a Wednesday night, I think it was, here in Oklahoma City when the uh, NBA Utah right. Jazz. Right, yeah, and, Jazz in the, yeah. That, that's right, Rudy Gobert. Thanks to Rudy Gobert. Shut the <laughs> NBA down later that night. And that kind of sent a shockwave through all, all all sorts of sports because right after that you saw the NHL shut down um, and colleges started to shut down their sports and uh, at least their spring sports, uh, gymnastics. Uh, you know, they hadn't got the March Madness just yet, but they had shut down baseball, softball. And uh, it was so it was an easy call for us to make. And, uh, and yeah, go ahead. No, as I say, and, and, and right, Oklahoma, that's right, where the NBA was kind of the catalyst of that. And I would think the biggest concern would have been, as you said, had the players gone there and then you find out maybe that something – one of the players got sick or something, and then you like we saw with the with the the Thunder players and everybody had to kind of be quarantined in the arena. They couldn't leave yet, and so you you didn't want. It seemed like it could have been a lot of logistics there had had it continued on. So um, I'm sure that was all went into the factor of deciding. You know what? We need to probably cancel it too, along with everything else that was being canceled at the time. Yeah, that was it. It, it was an easy, like I said, it was an easy call, uh, especially timing wise, because it was a week I think before. We were supposed to get down there. I think the Thunder Jazz game was on like March 11th, and we were uh, we were supposed to start up on the 19th. In fact, I was supposed to be down in Frisco on uh, that following Monday to help get started up and set up at all the different arenas. And the la- like I said, the last thing we wanted was for um, kids, teams to send their players down, whether it's on a bus or on an airplane, or for mom and dad to hop on an airplane. And to or 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 to drive down there, and then to, just to find out that a we're not going to have a tournament. B they're out all of that whatever money it is that they've already spent, and C the possibility that they're going to be stuck there. And you know the, the last thing you know the, there was it was such an unknown at the time. It was uh, you know the last thing we wanted was for anybody to travel, but more importantly anybody to travel and get stuck there and. You know, if you're flying in from Buffalo or, heck, we had teams coming down from Canada, um, or uh, if you're busing in from, let's say, Minot, North Dakota or Illinois, you know, the last thing you want to do is to get quarantined in a hotel, um, you know, in Dallas, Texas. 
So as glorious a place as Dallas is, you don't want to be stuck there <laughs> involuntarily. Yeah, not under those circumstances for um, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and this is so strange, and none of us have, have ever been through anything like this, but I commend all the all the sports, but hockey especially because we're so close to it that you know, you guys have continued to be positive, right? I mean, I talk every day to somebody that's uh, doing recruiting or boasting about their program or, or things like that. And, and obviously the shock for the players, especially the seniors, I'm sure was devastating. But, you know, you guys continue to do stuff. I mean, all you have to do is look at, at different websites and you see uh, what they're doing down at U of A and UNLV and everybody's gearing up just like um, nothing's ever happened. So uh, is there anything that's going on from your league that, that you're doing that's keeping everything so positive? Or are these guys just doing it on their own? Well, um, I'll, I'll take all the credit in the world you, that you want to give me, but I, I don't think it's it's much that I'm that I'm doing. These guys, as we talked last time, it's it's easy to be the uh, the the commissioner and to kind of help guys out in a conference where you have some good folks leading the way. Um, you know, Chad Berman at Arizona, and uh, you know Anthony Greener there at Vegas, and over on the uh, you know got Mike Rivera over on here on the Central Oklahoma side, and Jeremy Lop at Missouri State. They're you know, they're, they've been around hockey for a while now, and so they, there's not a whole lot we can do. You know, we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Um, that was something we looked at, too. Can we, can we just delay things, you know, till May? Um, you know, we're, so this season is over, and let's focus on uh, next season, and that's what they're doing. Is there any sort of uh, concern uh, that we might have, that we might not have a season? There's been rumors and there's been reports that, you know, this thing could pick up again in the fall again. Maybe universities won't go back to campus in the fall, maybe just till the spring. I mean, is is, is, is there any planning that's going in, into that in case any of those scenarios would have to play? Hopefully not, but if, if they Steven, do. Steven, Steven, Steven. <laughs> I don't, I'm just being the, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be the pessimist here for a minute. <laughs> no, well, you're, 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 you're very, uh, uh, you're very prescient. You're very uh, observant because yes, the answer is definitely yes. If you're paying attention to what's going on in the news uh, today, these days, then yeah, there's a grave concern uh, from from our perspective, at least, uh, as to when can we start. Um, uh, you know what 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 will our teams look like in terms of or conferences or divisions, however you want to look at it, what will the makeup of that look? Um, because again, we're on this crazy quilt, you know, patchwork of um, different standards for different states and even different municipalities. And so, uh, you know, while Arizona might be ready to go play, um, the University of Colorado might not, you know, they might still be under lockdown. So, you know, what do we do? You know, if uh, Colorado can't come down to Tucson to play them. Um, you know, we, we, there's no uniform standard that's being um, uh, provided by any of our leaders in any sort of, uh, you know, overarching countrywide administration. So, you know, I'm not trying to get political. It's just it just makes life difficult. And, it, and we're in a different position than, say, the NHL or the NBA or the NFL, because, you know, if the 49ers can't play there at their fancy new stadium in Santa Clara, well, they'll just, NFL will tell them, hey, we'll go play in Detroit. You know, you move all your games and go play right. in Chicago. We can't do that, right? If the University of Arizona is not back in school, we can't say, okay, Arizona, you go play all of your, we're still going to play in the fall, but you go play all of your home games in Salt Lake City. 
you know, we can't do that. So we're kind of at the mercy of um, the different schools, their university presidents, but also the respective governors and uh, mayors and other municipal leaders. Um, so we, we kind of have to wait and see. But to directly answer your question, Stephen, yes, we are uh, uh, actively planning um, for some, you know, different possibilities. What happens if we start in uh, in in September? What ha- as usual, you know, if that's the case, then hey, we're we're doing. If kids are back in school, then uh, we're we're going straight ahead, right? It, it just charge forward like we always always planned, but. You know, we have to have some contingency plans for what happens if we stop or, or if we start up as usual in the spring, I mean in the fall, but then we have to stop again like we just had to do this past spring. What happens if we're not in school and they don't allow kids to go back to school until January? What happens if they don't allow them to go back at all? Um, you know, can we get a compressed season in? Can we get, you know, part of a season in? Do we play only conference games? Do we Do we even worry about, you know, what kind of games people are playing do we you know and then then it gets into our, our national tournament event you know can we uh, you know can we do that um so in in you know right now our our mindset is and our hope is we're going to remain positive and uh hopefully that uh you know kids will be able to go back to school you know, on campus for in-person classes starting in the fall and if that's the case we'll start our season on time and we'll end up in boston in uh, March of 2021. Well, speaking of Boston in 2021, you also entered, uh, announced, I should say, the uh, the uh, national tournament coming to St. Louis or greater St. Louis area. Uh, how excited are you for that? I mean, th- that's right in the heart of the country. It, it's close for you personally, but uh, it, it's going to be, I think, well-received by everybody because it's everybody's about going to meet in the middle, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the idea. You know, um, a little inside inside baseball, inside hockey. We heard an awful lot of belly aching from an awful lot of ACHA teams um, who will remain nameless, but they're mostly up north and on the east coast. Um, about having to travel to you know um, uh, to the other end of the world to go play games in Texas, and it was uh, you know it was it was as if you needed to take fifteen flights and get six different passports. They thought Dallas was on the other end of the world. And, um, so it was, it was just maddening. Um, and then we, you know, we throw a bone, uh, and we, you know, we, we select Boston as the, as the great place to go. And now all of a sudden we've got more belly aching. Oh my God, I can't believe we're going all the way to Boston. No, and I'm like, well, wait a second. Most of you guys are, you know, they're on Long Island or in the Philly area or up in Buffalo and you're, you know, moaning and groaning about going to Boston. So I guess, you know, I, we've come to learn that that's just part of, comes with the territory of people. You know, you're never going to please 100% of the people 100% of the time. So instead of trying to uh, uh, appease the, the, the belly acres and the moaners and groaners, let's just go where we think the best fit is. And uh, St. Louis uh, wanted us. They were down in Dallas they, for the entire tournament to see what kind of operation we put on to see if we were a bunch of jokers or not or if we were the real deal. They were pretty darn impressed, and uh, they provided us with a fancy bid. They won us the, the St. Louis Blues and the um, uh, Greater St. Louis Sports Commission. I'm getting that wrong. I forget what the actual name is. I think it's the St. Louis Sports Commission. And the beautiful Centene Community Ice Center, they uh, they put together a nice bid to uh, have us come in there. They wanted us for this upcoming year, but um, we couldn't make that happen, so we're committed to going there in 2022. 
And uh, so they'll be, they have three sheets there, I believe, at the Centene Ice Center with a fourth one that's outdoors. And then we, there's a two-sheet facility at Maryville University, which is about mm, 10, 15 minutes away. Um, and that one's brand you know, we, new, isn't it, right? That's a, that's yep. a former Wildcat that's uh, running that program right now. There he is, John Hogan. He's a, he's a, right? good, he's a good kid, and uh, he's an even better coach. And um, I, I like – I will call him a friend. Now, whether he calls me a friend, who knows. But um, he's, <laughs> he's a Hogan. Uh, he's a friend of everybody. Yeah, he's 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 definitely pretty sharp. I, I I like him and I like the family and um so you know I'm I'm the con- I'm the commissioner for the Western Collegiate League, but I'm also the commissioner for Midwest College Hockey, and that's the uh, conference that Maryville plays in. And so our conference tournament was there at Maryville's facility, and it's a gorgeous two sheet facility, and it will it will do well. Uh, it will serve well as a backup or a, an alternate sheet for some overflow games. But yeah, we're excited. So uh, Boston in 2021, St. Louis in 2022, and who knows what's coming after that? Well, let, let me let's let me dare to ask this then. Uh, you know, we talk about hockey out here in the West. Would would the, would there be a lot of griping if maybe we could get a a tournament coming out this way? We got Vegas, which has got City National. They're building the Henderson facility, so they've got facilities that would be able to hold something like that. Um, I mean, what, what, what goes into the process of picking out a, a, a venue and, and where you want to play uh, for each year in the, in the tournament? Well, it's um, uh, the, the process, Stephen, is uh, that we, you know, there, there's, a, there's a request for proposal or a bid process, if you will, there, that you would have to get from the ACHA and you submit it and all that jazz. You have to, we were trying to, ever since we started this with the Columbus Blue Jackets and then through the Dallas Stars, uh, we're trying to uh, kind of keep with the NHL uh, folks. So the the Boston bid is in conjunction with the Bruins. Obviously, the Blues are a part of the St. Louis bid. Um, so the Golden Knights would have to be uh, part of uh, the Vegas, uh, uh, whatever you know, proposal right. we would get from uh, the city of Las Vegas. Sure. Uh, we'd have to have some multiple sheets uh, because we're bringing in uh, at the, at right now. Let's pretend like we're going right now. It would we'd be bringing in seventy-two teams. That's at five different divisions, and we use at least six sheets if we're running games simultaneously. Six sheets all at the same time it, for all different divisions, and that's not counting practice sheets. So probably maybe another seventh or eighth for practices. Um, so we would need, uh, uh, you know, some, some capacity, if you will, in terms of ice. And then we'd need some, you know, a decent little price because, you know, I'm sure you, you guys probably know better than I do. It gets kind of expensive to keep, uh, to air condition a, a place in the desert. Um, <laughs> does it ever? Yeah. So yeah. imagine doing that for, uh, you know, ice up North is, you know, let's say a hundred bucks an hour, you know, ice in Dallas is 400 bucks an hour. And right. so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's a huge difference there. And then we'd have to talk about, um, you know, hotels and flights. Now, it sure, you know, Las Vegas sure is a, a, an exciting um, possibility. And I'm sure it would get people's, uh, it would get mom and dad, you know, they'd get real excited <laughs> about going to watch Johnny or, or, or Julie to go play hockey, right? There might be but, less uh, gripe right. if people say, oh, we're going to Vegas. Oh, okay, I think we can handle that. Because <laughs> they'll all be hungover. I, I don't know, though. They'll be, they'll, they'll be uh, I, I guarantee you, there'd be a lot of griping. Trust me. I'm we, sure. we, had, we, we were approached at, at one point. I, I know the Colorado Avalanche approached us because uh, I was uh, kind of leading the charge there at the time. And, man, I tell you what, when I mentioned Denver to some folks, you thought I would have, you know, asked them to take the tournament to Bombay. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> 
So I, th- well, I think St. Louis right now might be as far west as we're going to go for the time being. Yeah. I can tell you that my co-host, two things about him. Number one, he's looking forward to going to Boston more than anything. I think he was looking forward to going to Dallas too, but I know Boston is on his uh, bucket list of a place to go, so he'll never gripe about that. Secondly is he might be on the Chamber of Commerce for both Henderson and Las Vegas with this pitch to you. So. Well, it's always good to have an insider. So, uh, Stephen, make, make sure to drop some information my way, and we'll, we'll get you hooked up. I'm ready to right now. <laughs> so on that note, you know, I, I was talking about what's going on in the offseason and all the recruiting that, that's going on and, and – the competitiveness and you we've talked earlier about the three teams that are coming in with Grand Canyon, UNLV and, and uh, Utah, correct? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Coming yeah. into your, your conference, the, the Western Collegiate Hockey League. And uh, when we talk about that and I look around right now and, you know, everybody's Twitter account is boasting about a player that they got coming in or whatever. It seems like it's almost as competitive for recruits as it is once the games get started. Are you seeing that same thing too? Yeah. You know, there's some teams out there that don't really give a rip and, you know, they just, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're not wanting to, uh, uh, they don't want to show their hand. So they just kind of keep things close to the vest. But then there are teams uh, like Vegas and like Arizona um, that, you know, are very eager to announce their, uh, you know, their, their commitments, their signings, if you will. Um, and so that's pretty, it, it is pretty cool to see. It gets you excited. It gets you, um, you know, you're not, it, it reminds you that there's still hockey around. And even though right. we're not playing games, you know, the team is still, you know, they're not off at the golf course twiddling their thumbs or, or doing a whole lot of nothing. They're actually, you know, the coaches are working hard in the off season and they're, um, you know, the season never ends really for them. Uh, you know, the players might, um, you know, then now hopefully they're focusing all on schoolwork. Uh, courtesy of their Zoom classes these days, but um, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're the coaches are still humping it and talking on the phones and recruiting. And yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool to to see it. We started up a little commitment list on the um, ACHA website just for men's division one, and you know, Liberty's got a slew of folks out there, and uh, I know that um, uh, Arizona's you know they're chipping away at at, uh, at some folks. They're announcing, I think, what they've had four or five now. Vegas, I think, has had uh, – they just announced some twins, I think it was, or some brothers. The um, brothers, the Johnson and Johnson brothers. So look yeah. out. Yeah, if you Johnson ever get injured Johnson. in Vegas, you got Johnson and Johnson right there. <laughs> Johnson and Johnson of <laughs> Beverly Hills right there for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so – but but then there's also, you know, for, for every UNLV or Arizona, there's a, uh, a Cleary. There's a um, an Aquinas. There's a, you know, Cornell that – you know, they don't announce things. So it's, I, I like it personally. And I think it's pretty cool because, uh, you know, it, it, it reminds you that there's still hockey and let's also be honest. It kind of, it's, it's a territorial thing, right? You're marking your territory on that player. There's no scholarship to hold over the kid. So if let's say that one of those Johnson brothers says, I don't want to go to UNLV with my brother. I want to go to Arizona state, you know, and party on town Lake 24 seven. Well, we've got this announcement out there that kind of, you know, binds you in there. So it's, right. uh, I, I, I get that. It's not a non, it's not a binding thing, but it's still there. And so it's kind of a territorial thing. I, I dig it. I think it's, it's pure cool. pressure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's no doubt about it, but I, I think it's awesome. I, and I also think it's, uh, this is me and this is me being snotty and arrogant. Um, but I like it because I think it shows who the better programs are. 
and it shows that you're the quality of player. I mean, just look at what Arizona, what Chad Berman's doing. Come on, he's getting a kid from the uh, from the Victoria Grizzlies in the British Columbia League. Right. He's got a kid from the Sioux Eagles out of the Northern Ontario Junior League. He's got a couple of Brewster Academy, big prep school out east. I mean, th- those aren't just kids to sneeze at. Those aren't just places to sneeze at. There are some, you know, uh, really good places to to get. I mean, and look at look, look at the Johnson and Johnson brothers coming out of the North American League, and you got uh, this Benedetto goaltender coming out of the Kootenay League. I mean, those are some. There's a Manitoba Junior Hockey League kid coming there to Vegas. Uh, played at the Way Way Capo. <laughs> I know. I love. I love that name. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. wait to say it when we talked about it a few weeks ago. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, those are all. Those are all great places to recruit from. It's not like you're recruiting from, uh, you know, East Handkerchief State or this, you know, Seven Eleven down the down the road. You're recruiting from some uh, top quality, um, you know, hockey conferences and hockey leagues in in the junior. So they're getting good kids to come to great universities, and it's I, I think that's pretty cool too. All right, my thought for you as well is uh, it's obviously award season, right? Once the season comes to an end, you guys put out awards, and yep. and as as per usual, the talent rises to the top in that, but you got to be kind of proud of uh, what your conference, at least the Western Collegiate Hockey League Conference, is putting out there in talent-wise as well, right? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, we're, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty darn proud of, I'm proud of both conferences, but obviously the Western Collegiate League is kind of my baby. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool when you see some names that, uh, that are on there. You know, Anthony Cusinelli is just a rock star down there at U of A. Uh, Cam Timor, uh, you know, made it to the all-rookie team from the ACHA. I know that he was part of the uh, – uh, I know he was on our all-rookie team just from the conference itself. So it's, um, it's pretty cool to see some kids get some recognition. Now, I wish, you know, I wish we had the national tournament so that we could – those kids can show themselves off, you know, on the big stage. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always very nice when you get some, uh, when you get some, you know, accolades and some respect, not only from yourself, but especially for those kids, those are, those awards are voted on by the, by the, by the coaches and by the, their peers, if you will, you know, um, Clayton Lackey making the all rookie team. I mean, how, how cool is that? Yeah. kid just wheels all over the place and you think he's a big deal in the Western league, but then all of a sudden he makes the all rookie team along with Timor, um, you know, nationwide. So someone's paying attention, you know, it's pretty yep, cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Steven, you got anything else that you want to throw at Chris? Uh, any more, that... any more pitches from UNLV or anything? <laughs> not, not that I'm working on my pitch right now, as you were speaking. No, I... Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, it's it's gonna. Hopefully, it's gonna be a great season. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be interesting because we've got, uh, you know, we're changing our format here from the from the conference standpoint. We had been playing uh, with travel partners, and now we've got away from that. We're going to, with the addition of uh, Grand Canyon, Vegas, and Utah, we're going to two separate divisions five teams each. And so it's been uh, an interesting couple of uh, weeks here uh, to educate folks um, in terms of, you know, how the, how the new format's going to be, um, you know, just because let's say UNLV and Colorado are in the same conference, the Western Collegiate League doesn't necessarily mean that UNLV and Colorado are going to play this year. And so um, because the way it, it's going to go is every team in your division, um, you'll play them home and home, but then you'll have one 
road trip to the other side and you'll get one road trip from the other side. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And so you're, you're only, so for UNLV, use them as the, as the poor example, they're only going to have to come to the university of Oklahoma to play them once every five years. Now, if they choose in conference, (laughs) now, if they, now, if they choose, you know, they can come every year, but those games won't be in conference. Um, here, you know what? I'm just here. Let's let's a little inside. I pulled up UNLV, so they're going to come to Central Oklahoma October 16th and 17th. So that'll be their one trip over to the other division, and they're going to host Missouri State January 15th and 16th. So that'll be the one trip they get. Otherwise, they're going to play U of A, ASU, yeah. GCU, and Utah home and home. So there's your 20 conference games. So and in the following year, so in other words. UNLV is not going to play Oklahoma. They're not going to play Colorado, and they're not going to play Colorado State. So you're, you can be in the conference, but not play uh, uh, a, a conference member, and that's right. uh, that's by design. And so it's been kind of interesting to have to educate some folks uh, that way, uh, because it, you know, before we everybody played everybody, and now you know with uh, budgets being what they are, and heck, they're probably going to be super tight after this. After the Corona shutdown, um, you know it's uh, we're we're having to make uh, just having to make some adjustments. So, but I'm looking forward to it. It should be pretty good. You know, we've got some power on the on the West Division, if you will, with U of A and ASU, and now welcoming in UNLV. We've got some uh, power on the on the East side of things with uh, Central Oklahoma and Oklahoma and Missouri State. Hopefully. The two Colorado teams can figure it out, and hopefully UNL, uh, Utah and uh, GCU can figure it out. And, uh, you know, I, I expect that the uh, conference will be uh, – we're already the second-best conference in the, in, the, um, in the entire ACHA, so I expect that uh, the learning curve here will be steep and will be, once again, the, the premier conference in the ACHA, men's Division One. I. I guess That's the only – well, well, Go ahead, Stephen. Well, I was just going to say, I guess the only thing I would – Inquire, baby, and just to brief touch on this for a second is since you're going to have it kind of broken down into divisions, when it comes time to determine a conference champion, that's still going to be purely based on best record within the conference. There's not going to be any sort of like playoff between the divi- between the two so division winners, right, for the conference. No, that's really right. No, that's right, Stephen. No, no playoff. Right. Geography is not our friend here in the West. Right. So, right. no playoff. It'll go by points. Now, if we have uh, if we have two teams that are tied in points, we'll go to a tiebreaker. And if they played head to head, then obviously that'll determine it. But, uh, you know, we'll look at how they did um, on their side in terms of total wins, total losses, that sort of stuff. But we have it. We have the tiebreaker uh, uh, figured out. It's it's not rocket science. Hey, if I can do it, anybody can do it. So. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chris, I'll let you go on this one. But I I talked to the the different coaches out here in the West and I asked them, uh, I know they're excited about the, the proximity of the new teams coming in and also about the competition level. But just your thought on. Is one or two teams going to get bumped out or for the national tournament because of the competitiveness? Or do you think we can possibility of ever seeing a four teams from the desert Southwest getting into the national tournament when they're all playing against each other all the time? Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I think uh, I will uh, subscribe to your latter theory. I don't think that uh, toughness will ever uh, bump teams out. I don't think I think steel sharpens steel, and if you want to run, if you want to be a big dog, you're going to run with the big dogs. So the fact that uh, you've got three kind of uh, really big teams over there on the west side of the of the newly revised WCHL conference, I think that's only going to make 
GCU and Utah better. It should. And if that's the case, then, yeah, I think there's a strong possibility that, you know, GCU, especially under Coach Roy and his assistant coach, Kelly Newton, who I've known for a number of years, if those guys um, uh, keep on doing what they're doing, I, I don't see any reason why the fact that they're in our conference and playing tough teams week in and week out would uh, keep them from being um, uh, not in contention for a spot at nationals. You just made a whole bunch of people happy here in the desert Southwest, including myself. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, good. Hey, I'd that's like what I'm here for. I keep, I keep touting four teams from the desert Southwest uh, getting into the national tournament in the very near future. So Chris Perry, thanks for joining us. Thanks for staying up late as always. I always tap you in when it's a two-hour time difference or something, so you never get any sleep on uh, on my account. But thanks for jumping in. Uh, feel free to come on anytime you want. Uh-oh. Well, uh, be, be careful what you ask for there, okay? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a vampire. I'm a night owl by trade, so uh, uh, I'm always up. This is, this is never a problem. So uh, and always glad to join both of you guys. And, Stephen, I'm going to look for that uh, bouquet of flowers from the UNLV uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I, better, I better run it over with the, with the folks over there first before just, I, uh, I, 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 t- I tell you what, though. I watched the, the mayor today on, on, on television with an interview. So please. Yeah. Uh, one request let's keep her and her name off of whatever paperwork we're dealing with okay i'm not i'm not rendering any judgment but i am it it is what it is right oh my god i'm telling you what yeah that was quite a show i thought she was a hockey franchise owner there for a second with all of her uh all of her platitudes and uh, reasoning that she was providing well she's big on getting the pro teams here but you know i don't (laughs) Wow! Hey, so keep her name off the off the bid. And, <laughs> right. uh, Mayor Goodman, I, I, sorry, you're not gonna be on the name. <laughs> that's right. I'll, I'll be happy to meet her when we come on out there. But uh, please, if, let's not put her in any sort of a decision making uh, position, at least when it comes to the ACHA. Well, good good thing that she's good thing it's it's not solely up to her. So <laughs> isn't that the truth? All righty, guys. All right. guys. Have a great right, night. Stay safe. Wash your hands, huh? Yeah, same there. Wash your hands. Stay a good six feet away of everybody uh, except your closest people. There you go. (laughs) Take care, fellas. All right. Bye-bye. That was Chris Perry with the Western Collegiate Hockey League that joined us. Uh, Stephen, great show as always. We we filled it up from top to bottom. And uh, just your thoughts on uh, a quick recap for us. Uh, Sure. Yeah, it was a really good show. We had two guests on. The hour went flew by. Uh, as, as it does when you when you have two guests on of that quality, it's uh, it's good. It was good hearing from uh, from Chris Perry. He was very uh, insightful, and obviously he's in the commissioner of a couple conferences, and but obviously involved with the Western Collegiate Hockey League, and and uh, and it's very uh, it's good to to hear his insight. It gives us a little bit of perspective on things, and um, you know you never know, but you know that's obviously it's tough to in this level to get to decide on locations for tournaments and stuff, so. Um, it, it'd be tough to see one out, out west here, but you never know. I mean, they said they need eight eight rinks and stuff. And I think the, with the couple that tournaments they got years coming up, they've got a facility that can one place where they can hold it, and that's probably ideally what they want to do. So, but you never know. You never know what what, what would happen down the road. Um, I do want to mention something I mentioned at the beginning of the show. I got permission from 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 Nick Raboni to mention who the guest for their next uh, for their next coaches corner is going to be. Ah, gonna bring be, it out. It's going to be Greg Powers, the ASU head coach. So, ah, how uh, good is that? Yeah, so I Monday, might have to tune in for that one. Well, I was just gonna say, yeah, you might have to, <laughs> might have to jump in on that. It's gonna be Monday. Look to the UNLV hockey uh, social media accounts; they'll probably put the information out there for that's uh, 
and, and then how to reach out to, to Nick to, to get access to the Zoom for that. But it should be good, great powers, obviously very insightful. You know very well, Scott, who obviously know him very well and, and talk with him regularly. So it'll be nice to, for him to, to jump on and be able to share some of his insight to those that jump on and, and hear from him, uh, coaches, players. And so, so yeah, that'll be uh, all right. Monday. So look for okay, that on so the we'll... social media and they'll have the time and information for that. So Perfect. We'll... Uh... We'll end it on that note. Uh, I do also want to shout out to our new corporate partner of the week for this week. It's going to be College Bar and Grill right here in Tempe, their new location on Mill Avenue. So uh, you'll see a little social media stuff for uh, as we like to do every week, pick out one of our, uh, our corporate partners and put them out there. And as I promised you a couple of weeks ago, Stephen, we will always end on Hello New Day now because that new day is just very close to us and Have a great evening. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. Stay safe, everybody.